0: We're listening this time on Culture File, but what's new about that? I might hear you ask, if this microphone were pointed some other direction. What flavour of listening, though? Background burble, breath-held, eyes-shut, intent listening? Or that special sort of listening when you queue up your favourite podcast as you get ready to drift off to sleep? Because there's nothing wrong with that either. Our guests this time, Anoushka Gross and Robert Brewer-Young, a psychoanalyst and a luthier respectively, are in listening professions. Together they've written a book, Uneasy Listening, exploring what their special types of listening might say about all our listenings. file went to meet them in a room above an instrument clinic in Marlborough, in London. So, um, if we start on first principles, what, what is listening?
1: Being present for with ears open and um, attentive, showing up for someone without too many preconceived ideas, um, not imposing, um, receding to some degree, being close.
2: Yeah, the thing, attention seems a really important word in all of that of being attentive because i suppose attention involves being engaged with something outside yourself definitely in both of our work you have to sort of put yourself outside yourself in order to do it but but how do you really do that you can't there's uh, there's you know trouble ahead that you still have to do it you have to try to do something that's probably impossible I'm Anushka Gross and we're sitting at Beers, which is in Marylebone in London and it's a violin dealer and they work with antique instruments and they have lots of Stradivariuses and other violins and
1: cellos. My name is Robert Brewer-Young. Where are we Physically? Ah, We're in uh, the attic and this is the scientific research department that I set up during the pandemic.
2: I was planning on writing a book about listening by myself and it was lockdown and it was kind of boring and I was working very hard because lots of people wanted to do psychoanalysis on Zoom during the lockdowns and so I was sort of very busy and the book wasn't happening and then I got an email from out of the blue from a stranger called Robert Burry Young just a pleasant chatty email because he'd read something i'd written but i saw in the sign off that he was a violin maker and that he you know lectures in philosophy so i had a cunning plan to rope him into this book that wasn't getting written <laughs> and i thought if i had a co-author it was you know obviously he's good at listening if, if you can make a violin you've got to be good at listening to something so i just asked him without having met him whether he would like to write a book together we do um
1: various forms of interventions, um, different types of analysis and study, acoustic analysis, photography analysis, microscopy and other ways of doing a kind of forensic consideration of historical instruments.
2: to do a lot of listening in my psychoanalytic work. And it's it's a funny kind of listening, because, you know, at the moment, even on the NHS, you can be given a... sent home with a CD to work on your own with so you don't get a therapist you get told to go away and listen to a cd and sort out your problems by yourself and then there are people developing these kind of uh, chatbots therapy chatbots and all these things so i was thinking about the idea of being a human therapist and obviously you're quite imperfect as you're an imperfect listener but maybe it's your imperfection that makes you better than a robot Both of us have to listen a lot, but we have to listen to very different things, so I mostly listen to people's speech. Robert also has to listen to people's speech, but um, as well as violins and cellos, (laughs) and and that's quite a big add-in, I think. And the other thing we noticed is that he often has to cure things. He has to cure violins and cellos and and make them better.
1: There could be various forms of dysfunction, like a broken string would be a problem, um, or an old one, or different ways of being set up or having an open seam, weather, cracks, all the things that bodies are subjected to, um, instruments are as well, and and sometimes need uh, attention. I mean, that's assuming that there is some kind of an ideal of a state of perfect health for an instrument or mind, um, which I don't think is necessarily the case. You're dealing with organic materials, and um, I don't think there is a platonic ideal of a violin. So if they're broken, it would be referring to some non-existent ideal from my perspective.
2: Yeah, and the same would go for a mind, I guess, that that minds are sort of structurally unstable or whatever. They're full of contradictions and, you know, strong pulls in different directions and silences and disruptions. Yeah.
0: There should be something, or should there be something fundamentally different uh, between listening to something made from wood and listening to a human?
1: I mean, we're listening to traffic. You listen to birds. You listen to... Clouds, even though they're silent. I mean, we're constantly listening to and for things. And um, I think having strict categories between forms of listening is slightly absurd. And um, we're listening within silence and to silence. We're listening to people's aspirations all the time. Um, We're listening to noise. We're trying to listen to ourselves and one another. So it's more aspirational than categorical, in my view.
2: Yeah, and I suppose in psychoanalysis, a lot of people might have the idea that you're just listening to words or language, and when you're listening to language, you're listening for meaning, but maybe it's not as simple as that. So if you're listening for something else, then what can you say about the something else? And then I think that becomes quite difficult to say. And it's not that you're just saying, oh, body language is also important, <laughs> but but that people might put, you know, double or triple meanings into words and you don't know which one is the important one, all, all that sort of stuff. But, but yeah, I suppose that is the, the radical project of psychoanalysis, that you actually listen to what people say and that you don't treat the organism as the only thing that can get you into trouble or make you suffer that the psyche is also important in suffering and so what kinds of suffering can the psyche produce and the only way you can find about you know the best way to find out about that is to listen to (laughs) to what people say but I suppose especially because a lot of those first patients were women just hysteria was this sort of you know this ongoing illness that nobody knew how to respond to it it was you know very troubling and um, troublesome and unpleasant for the women who experienced it and the men who experienced it sometimes too, but but nobody knew what to do or how to respond or how to make it better. And you could say that psychoanalysis still treated it like an illness, whereas actually looking at the kind of psychosocial side might have been well it might have been good if people had done that a little bit sooner that you know if women were in these rubbish marriages and they didn't have much choice about how to live then that might very well make them suffer and getting ill is actually a really clever way of responding to those sorts of um you know problems. listening to women suffering and taking it seriously was something very unusual i think at the time
0: Listeners, Anoushka Gross and Robert Brewer-Young there, authors of the book on easy listening. And we'll have the second part of that listening next time on Culture File.